A reading from the book of Daniel. I gazed into the visions of the night, and I saw, coming on the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man. He came to the one of great age and was led into his presence. On him was confirmed sovereignty, glory, and kingship, and men of all peoples, nations, and languages became his servants. His sovereignty is an eternal sovereignty, which shall never pass away, nor will his empire ever be destroyed. The word of the Lord. The Lord is King with majesty and Majesty and robed, the Lord has robed himself with might, he has girded himself with power. Grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. He loves us and has washed away our sin with his blood and made us a line of kings, priests, to serve his God and Father. To him then be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. It is he who is coming on the clouds. Everyone will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the races of the earth will mourn over him. This is the truth. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate asked. Jesus replied, Do you ask this of your own accord, or have others spoken to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? It is your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, Mine is not a kingdom of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my men would have fought to prevent my being surrendered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this kind. So you are a king then, said Pilate. It is you who say it, answered Jesus. Yes, I am a king. I was born for this. I came into the world for this, to bear witness to the truth. And all who are on the side of truth, listen to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we have come together to celebrate the finale of the liturgical year as we proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. He is a strange king. His throne is not of gold and ivory, but is the cross, an instrument of torture and judicial execution. And with the lifeblood that flows from his dreadful wounds, he marvelously washes away our sins. Secretly, I think, after our own heart, we would all rather like to be kings, if only for a while. I can remember the excitement I felt when, as a little boy, I heard about the Tower of London and the Crown Jewels. I badgered my parents until I had my own crown made of cardboard and gold paper with glass jewels stuck on it. And we all know about little princesses. It's amazing how many children survive into adulthood. I wonder whether children still play I'm the king of the castle and you're the dirty rascal. The game is wonderfully simple, though it often ends in angry tears as aggrieved children go home and report on how horrid their friends have been to them. And it's not only children. Just five Sundays ago, St. Mark told us how James and John went quietly to Jesus to ask him whether they could sit on his right and left when he was king in his glory. 
and their friends, the other disciples, were horrid to them when they found out. Perhaps the strangest thing about Jesus as king is that he wants each one of us to be a king, just as he is. And he wants it more even than we want that dignity for ourselves. We're told that by St. John in our second reading. He loves us and made us a line of kings. To him be glory and power for ever and ever. Each one of us who's been baptised has been given the extraordinary dignity of being in Christ, a prophet, a priest, and a king. I was wondering, should I say king or queen in order to be inclusive? But I've decided not. As far as God the Father is concerned, he sees us all in Christ so that each one of us is a firstborn son. On the other hand, as far as God the Son is concerned, we are all his bride. Those images help us realise that the relationship we have with God is unique and deeper than any other relationship we could have. So as far as God is concerned, we are in some respects all masculine, and in others, all feminine. And that gives a different and fresh twist to the idea of gender fluidity. But back to the kings. To be a king is not just to sit around on a throne receiving homage. If that were so, we should be bored in no time. The exciting thing about being a king is leading your armies into battle, going to war. If you read about King David in the Old Testament, and he is the archetypical king of Israel, you'll see that he did a great deal of going to war. And in the Psalms, he laments his sufferings and defeats, and he exults in his victories. You cannot enter the promised land and rule it as a good king without vanquishing a great many enemies, enemies just as terrible as Goliath and the Philistines. As baptised kings, who are the enemies, those dirty rascals we must defeat before we can reign peaceably? They're certainly not human enemies, because Jesus teaches us explicitly that we must love our enemies and pray for them. The fathers, those first heroes of the Church, who help us to understand the Scriptures, tell us that the enemies we're fighting are nothing created by God, because everything God makes is good, even though it can sometimes be hard for us to understand exactly how. Instead, the enemies we must ruthlessly oppose are our own wrong desires, 
because they have the dread power of turning good things into bad. Our own greed and envy, our anger and despair, our vanity and pride. Against them, we must be ruthless and relentless. This is the spiritual warfare we need to be getting ready for. Often these enemies seem invisible. So when do we encounter them most clearly? For me, it comes most obviously each time I try to cross the borders of the promised land by means of prayer. As often as I start to pray, and I'm pretty confident I'm not alone in this, I'm attacked by hostile thoughts, thoughts of wrongful desire, beset by unreal images of things and people I long to possess, of the status I think I really should have, of the pleasures that could be mine if it were not for the constant demands of other people, or simply by the slothful sense that trying to enter the promised land is an ill-advised waste of time. Give up, says that cunning enemy, and waste no more time in trying to pray. All these enemies we must defeat to become good kings who can share with Jesus in building up that kingdom we will shortly hear about in the preface that leads into our sanctus, an eternal and universal kingdom, a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of holiness and grace, a kingdom of justice, love and peace. And so this solemnity of Christ the King is the celebration not of someone else's royal dignity and status. It is the celebration of the kingship that God wants us all to share in, a kingship that is new and strange. In the kingdom of heaven, where all are kings, it is those who give the most who are most glorious. It is when we have been graced to treat one another with all the respect and honour we would give to a king, then we find we have beaten our enemies, crossed the frontiers of the promised land, and are at home in the kingdom of heaven, reigning there joyfully with Christ the King.